and welcome to Wild Research Bite. This is a podcast brought to you by Swedish University of Agricultural Science. My name is Emily Fredriksson and I'm a PhD student at the Department of Wildlife, Fish and Environmental Studies. And today we're doing another master thesis interview thingy. So <laughs> I have two master students with me here. So welcome very much. Hello. Hi. Maybe we can start with uh, you introducing yourself. Yes, uh, my name is Amber. I am a Belgian student and um, I came to do the Fish and Wildlife program at SLU in Umeå. Yeah. And that's it for now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you started your master thesis. Yes. So when did you start? Um, I started looking for a master thesis really from the moment I arrived and uh, I think very early on I knew I wanted to work with Jöran Spong hmm? um, because I'm very interested in carnivores and genetics and that's exactly what he works on. Um, so we had a discussion and we tried to figure out what would be most suiting And I was initially very interested in working on Swedish carnivores. Ah. But he mentioned that um, he had now mostly projects going on on African carnivores in Zambia. And he asked if I wanted to take part in that. And I was very enthusiastic about that. So that's how we got together. Nice. Okay, so you kind of uh, went looking for your, your thesis yeah. subject. Cool. Okay, more more on that later. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, my name is Jaime. I come from Spain, from the southern part of Spain, from the capital of Andalusia, from Sevilla. And yeah, I I came here to to take my uh, yeah my master program here at SLU, the same master program as Amber. And um, now I am. Writing my master thesis uh, at the Restoration Culture Group here, mm -hmm. Salut. And I'm having so much fun writing nice. my thesis. <laughs> uh, when did you start? Well, it's a long story, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as asking, when are you finishing your PhD? It's like a <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I started in July, I would say, yeah, uh, doing. I think that it's completely different that what I I'm doing right now. I mean, oh, okay. <laughs> I started with a master thesis about um uh well it's not very rare but yeah it's a bit elusive. A uh, longhorn beetle mm. uh, called uh, in Swedish Rakapok, Trachosoma depsarium. And yeah, we were trying to find that beetle here in in, in Vasterbotten. We were putting some like uh, pheromone traps so I spent yeah like a month or something like that in the forest so oh. I really enjoyed it but at the, at, at, yeah, at the end uh, it didn't go very well so why didn't you find any beetles no. or <laughs> <laughs> not that beetle so um, it was too elusive yeah oh. yeah <laughs> but yeah it's fine we we found another topic and now I'm working with uh, wild bee communities in Swedish boreal forests. So, yeah, it's also very, very interesting. Mm, yeah, but those things can happen. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> you have a awesome idea for a project or maybe exactly. some 
some data lying around and you're like, oh, this would be a great master thesis topic. And then maybe there's nothing there. (laughs) You don't find the species or whatever. But that's nice that I found something new for you. Exactly. Cool. Okay, but you're both then not from Sweden. So why why did you end up here? (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's also kind of a long story. (laughs) But um, I was in the end looking for a master program that would give me um, more knowledge and experience in wildlife management. And it was actually, it's a very unique program. You can't really study it anywhere else in Europe, in English at least. Um, So that's why I came up here. And I was not too unhappy about it being in the north of Sweden. So (laughs) (laughs) I was very easily convinced. Nice. But that's that's fun that you you found found the program anyway. Um, Cool. What about you? Kind of the same. Yeah. (laughs) And I was looking for for a master's and... Yeah, I found that uh, master program in Lund. I was really, really interested in that one. But then, yeah, something happened and I couldn't go there. Uh, so I applied for this one. And I'm very happy that I made that decision. Yeah. Mm. So what what about it? It's nice, do you think? Yeah, I think Amber, like said, like it's very unique. And uh, also the, the, the teachers, like the professor, the researchers here, they are like uh, very like open to teach you whatever you you want and um, they're very very helpful so um, i think it's, it's been a good idea to come here to sweden a bit weird because uh, i was uh, coming from the yeah southern part of spain yeah i can imagine Europe. so <laughs> yeah completely different weather food culture but mm? it was so so good yeah have and any we, favorite yeah. new favorite food Ooh, I really like the fika. Oh yes, <laughs> canel bill. Mm. <laughs> Everybody always likes the fika culture. I, yeah. I was very surprised when I started working in this more international type of workplace that this is not commonplace because I grew up in this fika culture, yeah. and um, the idea of not having like these common breaks where you drink coffee and talk to each other. Yeah, because I think it's really good. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm. What about you? What about northern Sweden do you like and not like? Um, I think what attracted me most is the nature that is so omnipresent and so close. And yeah, just after a day of working, you just go out and go for a hike. And that's really nice. I mean, I come from a very... um, urbanized area Belgium is very heavily populated and uh, I mean there's still a lot of nice nature there too but it's very different yeah so that's one of the things I like most about this area this environment Mm. you don't miss I mean now we're in still mid-pandemic so I guess you can't really enjoy what a city would provide anyway but you, you I mean a lot of people don't even consider Umeå a city because it's so small. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't In... know that Umeå existed like <laughs> before, so... It's like a village, right? <laughs> a bit, maybe. <laughs> I mean, in Belgium, I, I live under a cathedral. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, yeah, the historic buildings and 
history is just so close to you. Exactly. Whereas, yeah, here you feel a bit more far away from all of that. Yeah, but that's great too. Yeah. I mean, you have Nidala like uh, five minutes walk or something like that. Yeah, you have a lot of like uh, nature very close to you. Mm. You can disconnect like so easily here. And yeah, I really, really like that point of view. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess... For my, this is the biggest city I've ever lived in. So for <laughs> since I come even further north, but um, uh, but I agree, it's nice to have, like it's a big enough place so you can have, you know, stores you and stuff like that, and and uh, you can order anything online anyway. But <laughs> but then you have just like a few kilometers and you're in a nature reserve or something. Yeah, so. exactly. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you. If you've always been interested in like ecology or how you kind of got this interest, because it's always funny. Some people from their kids, they're like, yes, nature. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and some find it later, kind of. I would say that, yeah. <clears throat> My interest in ecology is like, yeah, awake, like maybe in my second year of my degree or something like that. Yeah, I was very interested. I mean, I was, uh, yeah, I enjoyed a lot being out in nature, but I was not interested, like, at all in, like, ecology, like, in all the interactions. But then, yeah, I had a really interesting uh, course, and I I got the, the, the chance to, to be involved, like, uh, in a department there in my university, um was very very it was a very very nice experience so since that moment i am very interested like ecology like animal plant interactions like yeah, i'm yeah member of the andalusian society of entomology i'm very interested in entomology so yeah that's why also i, I came here <laughs> nice what about you i think for for myself it was always there. Um, I was this kind of kid who would drag in dead animals and feathers into the house. And uh, my my mother always stimulated it, but at the same time, she was also telling me, no, Amber, we can't keep this. <laughs> you have to bring it back outside. No, I mean... Yeah, I always really enjoyed being in nature and it started as this naive love for animals and nature mm -hmm. and it evolved throughout time into more specific research on on wildlife. And um yeah, I think it's very interesting to see that evolution of a, of a of a person really. Mm -hmm. Um that yeah, first it was the animals, and then I figured out, oh, yeah, I want to study biology. And then I did study biology, and then I was like, oh, so what am I most interested in now? And then, okay, yeah, wildlife. Okay, let's go with that. And it just, you figure out what you want to do throughout. And that's really nice. Mm. I guess it depends on, like, in what way you're interested in nature or ecology. It could be, like, like one species group or type of yeah. animals is super interesting and you're super into that um or and for me it's more like a general fascination of the complexity yeah. and interactions and all of these 
like how is this connected to that and yeah. I think it's just so it doesn't really matter for me if it's beetles or mushrooms or yeah. plants or whatever I yeah. just think it's super fascinating and like genetics and evolution and all these yeah. things <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. And something at least for me it's like a, kind of a problem because yeah you have to focus like in one thing so yeah I I remember that uh, when I was studying biology yeah my my father was saying yeah but I mean you you like everything don't you like like <laughs> just one thing so you can specialize in that thing and was and I was saying like no <laughs> but yeah I completely agree with you like it's like uh it's like the whole nature what uh, uh but I'm interested in all the, the the complexity all the interactions so I really like my like uh, I re I'm really happy that I took that that decision to study biology hmm. yeah. yeah it is cool I kind of felt like a like a <clears throat> bad uh, biologist or like a um I mean, that I wasn't, you know, super amazing at certain species groups and I couldn't say all the Latin names and and things like that. Like, you know, not like the species nerd kind of biologist, uh, which, I mean, we need a lot of those. <laughs> but I am not that person. And I kind of starting to f like feel like it is it is fine to be a more generalist type of biologist, yeah, if you know what I mean, true. like yeah, yeah. to see the bigger picture and. And fine if I don't know all the mushroom species or something. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm also, mm, what's the word? Learning how to appreciate uh, interdisciplinary approaches and working together with people who are from a field that you wouldn't initially think of when you're a biologist. I wouldn't have thought of being working with a programmer or so. IT guy mm -hmm. and that's what we end up with like that and then we do projects together and it makes it so much more valuable. No I agree and we also have some people here at the department working you know because if you work with like carnivores for example you have this very like so social part of it with management and yeah. like what do you say yeah. uh, in English like this uh, interest of the public I guess mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I think bees are also uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> on the on the news nowadays. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but let's talk about your thesis subjects. So maybe you want to start, Amber? Like, just like what it is about. Then I don't know how far you've come with it. So if you want, like some, if you found some results or something, if you could tell us, that would be fun. Yeah. So yeah, we're trying to develop. Um, a set of genetic markers that would allow us to uh, infer relatedness in, um, in my case, hyena populations. And we decided to use SNPs as a genetic marker. Uh, SNP stands for single nucleotide polymorph polymorphism. And it's basically an ancestral point mutation, a SNP. Ancestral point mutation. Now you've lost me. So uh, <laughs> a point mutation is a mutation where a single nucleotide is replaced by another one, deleted or added. Mm -hmm. And when they have a deleterious or um, um, positive impact on um, 
the individual they they are um they they can become fixated in the population mm-hmm. and um so it's like if that gene represents some kind of good good thing for your fitness or something yeah. then you it will like continue in exactly mm. and by finding these snips in the genome of um multiple individuals in a population or even species you can figure out um where they are from which um original population they had how they migrated maybe dispersed you can figure out so many things you can make up a pedigree you can figure out who the parent is from who uh how pedigree are these like trees right like exactly family trees yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah hmm so that's what i'm doing i'm so developing like, okay. that set hmm. so it's not like it doesn't exist already not for hyenas hmm. yeah um it does exist for for a few species and they have developed them here for brown bear for wolverine um but not for hyenas yet so that's what i'm working on cool and why you said some reasons why this could be could be good to use but why why uh, are you planning to use these pedigrees or snips um i think in the future we would use this panel um for multiple things uh one of the first things is for example to get the population estimate uh through a pedigree you can find out the ones you sampled but you can also find out the ones you didn't sample but you know there should be a father there oh yeah yeah but you didn't sample it so you can make uh, some kind of population estimate based on this data cool yeah very nice so the aim of your thesis was more to develop these this set and and more future researches to use it for something exactly to apply it mm. yeah okay what has been like the most fun did, have you actually done field work for this i did do field work and we wanted to figure out how fecal samples would do because um before we were generally receiving tissue samples but for an elusive well it's not elusive but for a carnivore and for many other species it's kind of good to find non-invasive ways of collecting samples and we Yeah, we thought that fecal samples would be the best fit for this species. And so I went out in the field and tried to figure out a a way of collecting them. And um yeah, testing if we could get any good DNA from that. Hmm. Um so yeah, I did do some field work and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> field work is usually this double-edged sword, I think. Can be super fun, but it can also be very hard and very like yeah, tough so yeah. let's let's come back to it but maybe you want to explain <laughs> about the bees <laughs> yeah so yeah with uh, with my master thesis um we are uh, using eco parks and the reference areas as study areas mm-hmm. so yeah the eco parks are like multipurpose forest where uh were silvicultural practices but also uh conservation concerns uh a concern and restoration uh, yeah uh 
actions are are going on. Yeah, and the reference areas they are just productive forest. Mm. Kind of. And so we are trying to figure out if yeah, if there are uh some um uh, impacts uh, on the diversity patterns of wild bees between these two different uh, regimes. Mm. And also if yeah, if there are uh, differences uh, in the species and functional composition of these wild bee communities between these uh, two much management regimes. And I think it's quite interesting, well, at least <laughs> for me. Yeah, well, it feels like a very <laughs> like um, hot topic. I mean, to yeah, have exactly. both the pollinators and then also have, uh, I mean, I think the eco park concept is very exciting to, to yeah, study it because is. it's, it's um, I think this idea of combining like resource extraction and also conservation and see, can we do this? How can we do this? How is the best way? Is really, I think, one way, like a future future exactly. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, I don't know, we can't really keep on doing what we're doing now. So we have to find some kind of solution. And maybe it is hard to motivate only re- like reserving and not doing research extraction at all. Exactly. So yeah, the eco park projects are really, yeah. really interesting. I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, yeah, like yeah, it's very like interesting to see and to work with this type of of, of things because you can uh, figure out how we impact like uh, wild uh, communities. So yeah, I'm very interested in this topic right now. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I also did some uh, field work. Uh, well, I did figure, but not about this topic. Yeah, but, yeah right. Longhorn yeah, field work. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah, even though I was alone in the in the in the forest, it was yeah incredible. I mean, being alone in the forest doing your field work is also good. I think because yeah, you can go at your own pace. You don't have to like wait for someone else. Yeah, so it's incredible. I mean, I remember that I I used to to have lunch at a sunny place close to a river there in Engelinverit. Ah, wow, it was incredible. I really enjoyed that, you know. But yeah, of course, the, you have also some like very tough or, <laughs> yeah, very tough um, moments, I would say. What are, what are these looks I'm seeing? <laughs> <laughs> I remember when he, <laughs> he came and told me that all of a sudden, he was more aware that there could be bears around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I saw like uh, bear tracks and also feces, so mm. I was like, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I would really like to see a bear, but not very close. Maybe, maybe with my binoculars. Right? Yeah, or from a car or something. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, despite that, yeah, it was yeah. I really, really enjoyed that that time. Um, it gives you also like a lot of experience in the in the field because you are alone. You have to yeah. Like uh, solve all the situations. Mm. It was very rewarding, I would say. <laughs> Did you have any like obstacles you managed to to overcome with some? I, I always have these. Uh, I guess I have a lot of them, but these. Like, oh shit! I need to get over this little creek, or and yeah, I don't know how. Yeah. I don't want to walk like five wow. kilometers around it. And, yeah. Or something breaks and you have to like uh, find some, like your shoestring or whatever to fix. I don't know. These kinds of improvisations is always, yeah. uh, 
interesting. <laughs> I sometimes like uh, found some like uh, closed paths, so I couldn't enter with the car. And oh I, yeah, like, with these like yeah, exactly. uh, metal Very bars heavy, yeah. blocking it. But then yeah, it was like yeah, easy. Yeah, so you, you just have to like call the in this case Facebook and yeah, mm. like a person comes and fix it for you so it's very very easy and also yeah as you said before i was like yeah, driving the car through these like sandy paths and i didn't want to break the car so i was like very slowly like <laughs> but yeah you it didn't was... get stuck at least no 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 no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we had i was uh, doing field work a few years ago with some students and they were gonna get the car to the field site and it was <clears throat> this really like uh, this forest road that turned into like almost a, a snowmobile track or something. It was not wow. even a forest road anymore. But they decided to drive on it because I I guess I also didn't tell them to please stop before this. Uh, and, and there was a huge hole in the road. Wow. It was you know the whole front wheel got stuck in the air, so the car was like on top of the ground. So we we couldn't get the car out and. Um, uh, you know, the big truck that you can like pull, mm-hmm. pull on cars. I don't know. It's called a barriere. <laughs> he couldn't get on this road because it was so tiny. Yeah. So it started raining and it was starting to get dark and we had to walk for several kilometers. And then the owners of the like hostel we lived on, they dro- drove out into the forest and picked us up. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> We survived. <laughs> Good. <Exactly. laughs> but it's not very, I mean, yeah, getting stuck or hurting yourself, I guess it's the dangerous thing about fieldwork in Sweden. But, I mean, no wild animals or anything no, like that no. is not really you have to worry about. No, exactly. I mean, but I was very glad. So I could see like a lot of animals, like moose, of course, but also like uh, capercaillie, like mm. black grouse, hazard grouse. Yeah, it was very, very, very nice. So, yeah. I really enjoyed doing my fieldwork and yeah, I really recommend like future students that if they can do some fieldwork, that yeah, they should do it. At least because both of you are doing this long master thesis, yeah, right? 60, 60 credits. credits, because you can do 30 as well. Yeah. And then maybe it's harder to have time to do fieldwork. That's true. Depending on when you do it and stuff. But I guess it's a bit of a different danger situation if you're out looking for hyena droppings. <laughs> Yeah, field work in Africa is an adventure on itself. <laughs> um, yeah, we had a lot of fun, but yeah, it's these struggles you described are daily struggles in Africa, and they also don't go away the moment you go home. <laughs> I mean, we're sleeping in a tent. I, I woke up uh, one morning because ants were biting me all over my body. Oh. And uh, yeah, th- that kind of things are just... That they happen. And I wasn't really, I was never in a situation where I felt dangerous because of the wildlife or so. Um, but yeah, it's more things like this. Your car breaks down, have to replace a tire, flat tire, hmm. whatever. Um, that happens. But I never really felt uh, unsafe because of the animals. What, what about Except the heat? For ants. <laughs> I, w- I would think about the heat. Yeah, heat was uh, unbearable. <laughs> I arrived there in the worst part because um, in October, it's just before the rainy season starts, and that's the hottest part of the year. Um, it was not 
was around 40 degrees Celsius. And at that point, my brain stops thinking, really. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it, it was quite tough. It was quite tough, but definitely worth it also. Yeah. It I just mean, sounds horrible. 40 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> I'm used to that temperature. <laughs> yeah. I, I rather take minus 20 every day. <laughs> yeah. There must be a cool experience anyway to oh, see was, how, how your like, body handles it. It was an ex amazing experience, yes. All of these things don't weigh up to the, yeah, to the how amazing it actually was to be there in the field, wake up early in the morning, get into the uh, car and drive out in search of hyenas or lions. Or uh, there was also was also the period of the wildebeest migration. So we just saw so many wildebeest in the plains. It was magnificent. Cool. And after the first rains come, you see these lilies coming through the <laughs> sandy soil. It was really, really beautiful. Mm. Sounds awesome. <laughs> Sounds like this like African wildlife dream scenario <laughs> without the ants. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I only done field work in Sweden, um, and it is. It can also be like amazing, and yes. so you have some days when it's raining and there's oh, bugs yeah. everywhere, and you know it's just awful, and then you have. You sit there in the sunset and have your like dinner or something and you're like, this is my job. Or, you know, like, like the first field job I have after my, uh, in I think it was during my master mm -hmm. uh, thesis, not like thesis master program, was just like, I get paid for this. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, crazy, crazy. Okay, so what about, so... Maybe these are some of the good parts, but do you have any like advice for students who want to do their master thesis? Like, what? Um, why would you want to do one? Why would you not want to do one? Mm, I mean, I would. I would say that if a student is very interested interested in like one specific topic, like Amber was, he or she just have to yeah send a mail to 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 the professor or swing by his or her office and usually talk to to that professor because yeah here in Sweden I think they are all very like open very flexible so that's a really good thing I really like it a lot um so there is not a problem about like sending a mail to a professor and yeah just go for it I I'm you I'm, would I'm, recommend it. <laughs> I would recommend it. I mean, I have had so much fun, like doing my 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 thesis. Yeah, doing my fieldwork, I enjoyed it a lot. But also like writing and like yeah, improving my R skills. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, maybe we shouldn't open that box. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, please open that box. Exactly. <laughs> because um, yeah, doing a thesis is. Uh, I mean, fieldwork is a very tiny part of it compared yeah. to. Yes. Yeah, you have to also handle the data and analyze it and write and stuff. So yeah. what about that process? But, yeah, I mean, I think it's very rewarding as well. Like uh, uh, when you when you see that you are able to, to do some things that you didn't expect to do. So it's very rewarding to, to see that as well. So, yeah. 
very tough, but mm -hmm. I think the good thing about a master thesis on itself is that it's really good to have all these courses going on and you learn about a lot of different things. And then you're like, okay, now let's bring it all together and try to do this research project from beginning till end. And you have to apply everything you learned before. And I think that's, you learn a lot from that. And um, you encounter things you saw in the course and you, you encounter things that were not covered at all in the course. And they can't possibly cover everything. Um, but yeah, I think that... Um, Yeah, you gain a lot of experience from that and and you what's the word? Because <laughs> it is a big project to do by yourself, to especially a 60 credit. Because some yeah. some people go to publish these like yeah. so it it is like sometimes I don't want to say miniature be, to make it I, I don't mean it like it's not as good as <laughs> the other research yeah. projects we do or something, but it's It's usually at smaller scale, but it is like you can sometimes publish them exactly. if it's uh, good enough data and if the students, like student wants to. So it is like a, a real research project yeah, and a yeah, report yeah. that you're writing that could be published research. Exactly. So it's it's very exciting in that way to see if you like it yeah, or not. It is exciting. It's also a lot of stress. <laughs> Like, am I am I doing a good enough job? Am I, like, doing this well? Am I making mistakes? I don't want to make mistakes. But, yeah, yeah in the end, you're just learning so much. And, okay. and you can always um, talk to your supervisors. They can guide you. And, yeah, I think in the end, it's it's a really good opportunity. I think so, yeah. And you have made a good point that, yeah, I would feel like, yeah, I shouldn't. Uh, ask this because maybe I should like know that but it's pointless to be stuck during your thesis because yeah you have like your supervisor like in some situation you have two um, supervisors there are a lot of researchers here at SLU PhD like you like you can ask for help so mm. I think I have learned that here like please like stop being stuck in just one th simple thing and ask for help mm. Because even though it's like your own project or exactly. or, or paper, it's still it's still like a collaboration with your supervisors, and you're not supposed to hand in like a finished report. You you, you I mean, the beginning drafts are supposed to look like a mess <laughs> because they are drafts, <laughs> and then you like get feedback, and so it's um, it's this like kneading the dough kind of progress thingy. Exactly. Yeah. But it is, of course, scary to send something that you know is not perfect. Uh, I mean, I, I thought it was super intimidating because when in like beginning of university studies, you usually like make this lab report and then it's done when you send it in and not this like and you get some comments maybe, but you never maybe do something with them. But but yeah, here it's like, yeah, send this point list of stuff you want in the introduction. <laughs> It's like so far away from finished. Yeah. Have you had this like wall of red marked document coming oh, your yes. way and you feel panic? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
yeah, I feel a bit, the first time I, I received like some comments from my supervisor, I was like, oh, I'm not going to finish this master thesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then it's, yeah, they're, they're just like helping you and, and um, I really appreciate when they, they like comment a lot because at that point I am learning a lot too. So, yeah. I really enjoy like receiving feedback from my supervisors. Mm. I mean, the point is to to make it better together, kind of, exactly. and not say you did this wrong, but it's just like, oh, I didn't really understand this sentence. We could phrase it like this, maybe, yeah. or something. Yeah, I'd also rather receive a document full of comments than just like, yeah, it's fine, but uh, like, yeah, this kind of general comment. Mm -hmm. Uh, where you're like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. Hmm. So then I'd rather receive a document full of red markings. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> then you know that it has been some thought in it too. What's what's next then? So now you're here in Sweden, you're doing your master thesis. This is also like the question you shouldn't ask, especially <laughs> PhD students. <laughs> but do you have a, a plan after, after this? It's like some... Um, yeah. job you would like or you want to yeah. continue researching or yeah i mean i would really like to dive into the research world but i'm not sure so i kind of right now i am applying what well, i have already applied for some summer jobs um i would really like to to continue here in sweden to continue my career here because i would dare to say that here there are a lot of opportunities so um, I will give it a try and yeah so that's my little future right now like yeah mm -hmm. applying for some summer jobs and also if I can publish my thesis it could be it could be incredible so mm. let's see <laughs> yeah fun sounds sounds super nice yeah I think we have very similar plans um I would also be very interested in continuing in in academics but yeah, for now, I feel like I just have to focus on my thesis, get that done, and then we'll figure out the next step, just like just like we did before. <laughs> okay, I did biology. Okay, now I want to do wildlife management. Good. And then it, it just goes in steps. And I, and I try also not to feel too stressed about not knowing exactly what I want to do yet, uh, because I feel like I'll I'll figure it out once I'm finished with this step. I'll I'll figure out the next one. Yeah, I, I think the the more you just like relax into not knowing, I think it's better. Because I don't think I've ever gotten any jobs that I like super planned for in the mm -hmm. beginning. It's just like opportunities arise, and you're like, oh, this sounds interesting, and maybe this fits right now with yeah, maybe your interest, but also like your outside of work life like where you want to live or where your partner lives or you know who knows so yeah I mean it's completely fine saying I have no idea what I want to do after this and also academia is always still there I mean I took there was two years between my master when I finished it and my PhD so and it was super nice to try some other kind of jobs and see if I would do like that, and but I realized I like the university. You know, I had I had to check on the other side if the grass was greener. I, mm. I did not think yeah. it was. <laughs> and now I feel the same way. It's like, 
do I want to continue? I don't know. Maybe. Exactly. So we'll see. what. I also don't know what I will do after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I have um, no more questions. Is there anything more you would like to add or comment? Yeah. I think um, for the students who are listening to this podcast, think if you're thinking about studying at uh, SLU um, in the wildlife program, um, there is uh, some social media yeah, to yes, follow please. that I could recommend. Yeah, because we are sharing a lot of stories on there from different students, uh, the research that we conduct at the department, and also how it is to live and study in Umeå. And it's called Masters of Nature. So you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. It's a very, very nice Instagram, I must say. Yeah, we're trying our best to make it look <laughs> nice. And um, and informative, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I could definitely recommend if you're considering to come and study here. And then you can know all about it. Yeah, or if you, you just come. want fun facts of animals. and Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Cool research stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Very, very good. I almost forgot that we had to <laughs> mention that. <laughs> of course. Then I'm very happy to have both of you here. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy these uh, master student interviews. It's always, <laughs> always fun to hear about your thesis topics. Uh, you can also reach us on our podcast email, which I think I forgot the name of now. World Research Bites at the Salu. <laughs> yeah, but I think no? it's only wild. I I'll put it in the description <laughs> 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 if you want to contact me. Um, otherwise, yeah. Thanks for joining and good luck with everything. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs>